Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every Thursday, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today has been studying martial arts for over 25 years. He studied multiple styles, including karate, aikido, BJJ, MMA, boxing, Krav Maga, KFM, and more. He was training to be a police officer when he decided to pursue martial arts full-time, was inducted into the Martial Arts Hall of Fame in 2015. He writes the immensely popular blog, The Martial View, and has also written two books. His school is called Empower Martial Arts Academy, and he also plays piano and guitar. Please welcome my guest today, Mr. Dan Holloway. How are you doing today, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. So what we do with all my guests, we jump into the beginning. I want to sure. know what led, where, where did that first spark come from, that first interest in martial arts? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Yeah, the number one question for everyone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so I started when I was six years old doing martial arts because I wow. think as most people do, they wanted or their parents wanted a little bit more confidence, um, a little bit of fitness. And I tried different sports before that, like football and things like that, but nothing really, really stuck that much. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always been on the, on the shorter side. I'm only five foot five on a good day. So I think my parents were always like a bit, okay, let's get him some confidence, let's let's teach him some martial arts, let's get him some fitness and things like that and see see how his energy goes from there. So yeah, I started with karate. Um, I did that for a couple of years, enjoyed it while I was doing it, good fitness, good flexibility. I wasn't a particular fan of the katas and things, even at that time, mm -hmm. even at six years old. It wasn't really, for me, it wasn't quite dynamic enough. So my, my journey in karate was fairly short-lived. After I think it was two or three years, I decided to move on. Um, okay. and Which saw, style of karate was that? Do you remember? It was Wadaru, I think. Yeah, oh, I think nice. it was Wadaru. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it, and it was a good... I think most people start in something like that, don't they? Doing karate or, mm -hmm. or some some similar martial art. But yeah, and then we saw a uh, advertisement for Aikido at a local RAF base. And uh, as a six at what, a nine-year-old, I think at that point, I saw people being thrown around by the wrists and wrist locks <laughs> and shoulder throwed and just thought, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, I need to get my hands on this and give it a go and see what happens. Um, and then kind of 20 years later, I was still practicing it. So oh, wow. something, yeah, something hooked me in with that. So at nine, that was, that was pretty much your choice then. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, because obviously at, at six, that was kind of your parents' choice you yeah. know, for what they picked. But at nine, you kind of had a, a little more of a say in that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. And like, we're talking 1996 now. So, mm -hmm. or 1998 maybe, like the timeline's a little bit fuzzy. Maybe 98 actually. But okay. there wasn't quite the same amount of information as to martial arts at that point like you know the internet wasn't as big or it wasn't even around at that point i don't think so it was just kind of what you saw in leaflets or you saw taped up somewhere like on a signpost or something it was like you know classes every sunday come and try it out so it was kind of luck of the draw maybe in terms of what you what you got to train in and what was local to you there wasn't the same amount of knowledge of of striking grappling uh weapons self-defense sports blah 
it was just yeah what was local i suppose so yeah part of it was was my choice but another part of it was just it was there so when you got into it then you said you stayed in it 20 years later what Mm -hmm. what was it about that that made you want to stick with it that long it was just the constant like the consistency i think i just always wanted to train in martial arts and it was just the thing that i that i did all throughout my adolescence like usually when like i know some of my kids now they'll they'll drop off maybe at 12 or 13 and go do something else but then they'll come mm-hmm. back at 15 or 16 but for me it was just a constant thing that i just always wanted to train in martial arts and at that point it was specifically aikido um so i kind of rose up the ranks i suppose and became like a junior instructor then became an instructor then started running my own classes then i got junior black belt then i got my adult black belt um and then from there i went and trained with you know some of the best people in the world in terms of aikido which i was very fortunate to be able to do um nice. and that that kind of accumulated me training in australia for a month as a as a living student oh and wow a, okay. yeah and a joe tambu shihan which was which was tough let's say yeah it was it was a tough month in training a kind of 38 to 40 degree heat training eight nine hours a day wow. um as, as a 20 yeah 20 year old like a bit uh, naive maybe as to what it was entailing but i went there kind of yeah naive bright-eyed bushy-tailed and uh, <laughs> a month later i think i was a little bit hardened up at that point it was a tough month wow now you said at one point you became a junior instructor when i was teaching something that you wanted to do or did that something that all students had to at least you know do a little bit of um i think it was just a natural progression to be honest um okay. It was just kind of what was done, like, because I started Aikido quite early and because I was consistently there, it just seems a natural thing for the instructors at that point or the school owners to then go, oh, Dan, can you start taking a warm up? Oh, Dan, can you just start leading this part of the class or can you just lead this little section? And then that generally or gradually progressed into more of a, a, an official role, I suppose, okay. um, in terms of, of being like a junior instructor and then developing my skills as an assistant instructor, then an instructor, um, and then eventually running my own classes and things. So what are some things that stand out to you about your instructor from Aikido, what, you know, that you kind of remember that the way they ran the class or certain you know, things about them that really stood out to you? Yeah, so I've had, like, like as I said, I've, I've had different instructors throughout the years. Right. And all, all with different styles of Aikido as well. Like, the main one that I've trained in is Yoshinkan Aikido, which is it's kind of seen as the harder version of Aikido. So it's less focused on circular movement and and key and all those elusive concepts. It's more focused mm-hmm. on the body structure um, and kind of being in, li- in good positional alignment. And, yeah, that kind of fitted more to what I wanted to do. It's seen as the harder style of Aikido, so that was what I was interested in. Um, so the main teacher for me was, was Joe Tambu Sensei. He's the one that I went and trained with in Australia. He's got very dynamic Aikido. He's a similar statue to me. So, yeah, it kind of, it, it all fitted in at that point in terms of what I wanted my Aikido to look like. I wanted it to be fast. I wanted it to be dynamic. I wanted it to be applicable um, as much as it could be. And I wanted it to have some element of um, practicality as well, which I think is a big, um, not a concern perhaps, but it's a, it's a thing that people often criticize about Aikido and right. its effectiveness in terms of street or reality-based self-defense. Okay, nice, nice. And what at what point, at what level did the cross-training start for you? Because you've, you've, kind of like me, you've been in a, a lot of different styles and sure. kind of blended them. When did that start for you and what led to that? Yeah, so um, I started cross-training probably when I was about... 17 or 18 i think i started doing some boxing at that point just to get my striking up a little bit okay. um i was grappling quite a lot and doing aikido and things like that but i wanted to get my striking up and improve that and i wanted to improve my fitness levels and just have a bit of a general well-rounded view of martial arts as well um i was quite heavily into bruce lee and was watching all the bruce lee movies i was reading the tao jeet kune do and the whole emphasis of jkd is obviously taking what's useful and discarding what isn't mm-hmm. and then adding what is specifically your own or uniquely your own um so i kind of wanted to follow that path and see what was what was um, my kind of, not destiny, I suppose, but my kind of way that I wanted my martial arts to progress. Right. So I wanted to add some striking in. So I started doing striking 
yeah, a bit of boxing when I was 18. And then it really kind of took off when I started doing MMA when I was at uni. Um, so I started training in mixed martial arts quite early on. I think it was my second year of uni. Okay. Um, trained for the second, third year. Ended up with some very low amateur fights. Oh, um, okay. And then in the fourth year, I think it was, so my master's year, I then moved on to becoming the vice president of the MMA club at that point. So oh. I had a little bit more to say in what we taught in, in terms of like the admin of the group and the social side of it and things like that. And for me, it was CV building because obviously that's part of the university experience and being part mm-hmm. of the society is really important and kind of not just the academia, but it also got me involved a little bit more in, the, in terms of the, the mixed martial arts scene there at uni where I was. So those a couple like amateur MMA fights you had, was that your first involvement in any type of martial arts competition or had you done competition before that in, in martial yeah, arts? Yeah, I think I'd done a couple, like I say, I'd done a couple of low level karate competitions before. Okay. But again, I was so young and it wasn't a big deal at all. And the amateur MMA competitions weren't a particularly big deal either. It was mm-hmm. more interclub kind of things. But again, it was just a way of testing what you were doing. And again, going back to the Aikido thing, I think that's a big criticism again that's leveled out you don't really pressure test some of what you're doing right. it's it's often done against a compliant opponent and you know that obviously depends school to school and sometimes it is done in more of a, a randori situation or um, a bit more free-flowing etc but it's never really done in like a, a fully resistant kind of fight scenario i suppose so going from the boxing and the mma i kind of wanted that a little bit even if it was just sparring and then sparring turns into a little bit more of a competition and then from there it kind of went oh well that worked for me or this didn't work or and it just kind of it gave you a bit of a testing ground for what you were doing. So then what, what was that that very first MMA? Now, had you ever been in in any type of fight at all in your life? Or was that, uh, <laughs> was that your first time getting hit? <laughs> uh, no. So I'd had some fights previously outside okay. of the <laughs> outside okay, of the, okay. the martial arts practice. Uh, I think that was mainly due to being, I don't know. Um, I look back on it now and this was what, when I was 18, 19, 20 or so. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a little bit of unofficial door work at the time in at university and was working in bars and clubs and things and I was going out quite a lot and it was just part of that kind of being a 19 20 21 year old and yeah there was a few let's say altercations and things like that but yeah nothing too heavy so the the physical okay. confrontation side of it wasn't a, a big deal for me really like I said it was more it was testing what I was learning and right. testing what I was doing like can I pull off this technique that I've been training in class can I kind of you know am I fit enough am I able enough is what I'm doing working? Do I need to focus more on something else? Like it was just a way of me to test my martial arts, I suppose. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. Nice. See, I, I always ask that question because I, I was training a, a person for an MMA fight a year, probably over 10 years ago. And it was about five or six weeks before his fight. And he, he's like, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, what? He goes, I've never been punched before. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're getting in a cage in like five weeks. So I'm like, all right. Fire. Yeah. So I put on like martial arts headgear, big boxing yeah. gloves. I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to hit you hard. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. like half power. And he's like, damn. <laughs> like, <Yeah. dude. laughs> what is this? It's like, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> How did so, yeah. he get on with it? He, he actually did great, but he unfortunately ended up getting uh, DQ'd. Right. He, uh, he got so much adrenaline. I mean, he came out and just exploded on this guy and just sure. hit him and almost, pretty much knocked him out. But the guy, his knee hit the ground, or his hand hit the ground, and he didn't stop his punch in time. So he got right. de- DQ'd okay. for hitting a downed fighter. Sure, so, sure, sure. But he, yeah. even the guy afterwards, he's like, dude, you won that fight. I don't care what the judge says. <laughs> so he knocked him out. Well, it looks like he got over his fear of being hit at that point. Then. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But then, came um, out swinging. Yeah, I think he 
only got to do two fights and his job made him quit. They didn't, he was a manager and they didn't want him coming in with his face all bruised up and stuff. <laughs> Black so. eyes busted up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, so thinking back to that, when you, like when you first became a, a junior instructor in Aikido yes. to now you're running your own school and stuff like how do you think your teaching style has changed over the years? When I was in Aikido, it was always very regimented and it mm-hmm. was always heavily based on tradition. Uh, there was always a set structure to classes. It was always sensei Dan or sensei or whatever. Yeah, it was always very regimented, and I've kind of pushed against that a little bit more now with my school. We're very open. We're very community-based. We're not particularly strict in what we do. I'm Dan. I'm not sensei. I'm not instruct. I'm not coach. I'm not anything. Um, it's just it's just Dan on the mats. That's fine. Okay. You know, um, that's fine for me. Like we we run a pretty modern martial arts class, which consists of kickboxing, self-defense, fitness, um, like some of the Filipino stuff, like Kali bit of cheat can do as well so we're kind of like a, a bit of a melting pot of the things that i've developed and learned over the years okay um so i don't really see it as as me being above anyone else or anything like that or being as i don't really see myself as an instructor i just see myself as someone that's maybe done a little bit more mat time got a little bit more experience and wants to transmit that and then people like it and keep coming back so i think that's a cool thing nice but, so then talk a little bit about that you know what, what led to you deciding to to pursue it full-time like you said you i read you were you were in the process of becoming a police officer and kind of changed your whole life around yeah definitely yeah so i studied criminology and psychology at university um and did my degree in that and then actually did a master's degree after um in civilization and terrorism all with the 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 kind of aim to become a police officer and then go into the counterterrorism unit at some point um just because i found it really interesting i thought it's such an interesting area to study and one that you can really deep dive but yeah upon coming out of university I, i moved back home back to a little town in the uk called lincoln and kind of i just waited um for lincolnshire police to they said they were opening up and they said that um places were available and they were doing the next intake of officers and stuff but the process was so slow i think from beginning to end to the point of me saying sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna go down a different route i think it was about two and a half years that i was waiting wow. and it's a long time to put your life on hold waiting for a job interview or waiting for a fitness test and or waiting for an assessment center and things like there was six months or even more in between everything and it gives you a lot of thinking time and I was, everything I thought was just, what's the, the constant again that's always been in my life? And it was like, it's martial arts. It's, it's my passion. It's what I read about. It's what I think about. It's what I watch on TV. Like, I'm a big martial arts geek. I, I don't think there's any other way of saying it. I'm a huge nerd. And I just want to take it all in and learn as much as I can. And I was like, well, if I can make that into a job and if I can kind of, you know, get to a point where I can make a good enough living to then do it full time and then I can just spend my days teaching classes and then going and teaching myself learning different styles learning different arts then that's a pretty good life to have I think and you, if you can encourage people and help them through through tough times and you know as martial arts has helped me if I can translate that and uh, pass that on to other people I think that's a really important job um, and one that I find a very big privilege to to be able to do. Nice. So then w- when you made that decision to to not be a police officer how long from then until you were doing it full time? How long did that take you to realize you're doing uh, it? It was a couple of years. So okay. I was working okay. part time at that point. Yeah, I was working part time at that point doing social media. Um, but I was already looking at a thing called Defense Lab, um, which was by Andy Norman. Because when I came back from university, I was obviously training the MMA. Went to Lincoln, found a, a place in Lincoln that did mixed martial arts training. Went there for an introduction, and um, there was a guy there behind the desk who's now one of my best friends, um, who said, oh, have you ha- ever heard of KFM? And I was like, nope, what's what's this KFM thing? I'll come here for MMA, don't know what you're talking about. And that was the Casey Fighter method, which, which was very street effective, very quite tough training, 
quite brutal and, and founded by Jose Diegues and Andy Norman. So I did, I think, a couple of privates and I was kind of sold on that. I went, right, I want to focus on this now, not the MMA side. I want to go more into the, the self-defense side. Um, so I trained in KFM for maybe two, three years. Okay. And then uh, KFM split up due to, I think it was a disagreement between the founders. So it went off and Husto did Husto by, or Casey by Husto. And Andy went off and did Defense Lab. And then I was seeing stuff around Defense Lab at the same time as I was working on social media and waiting for the police. And I was seeing kind of the conferences they were putting on, which was involving big names like Guru Bob Breen, who was one of Dan Santos' top instructors, mm-hmm. Guru Phil Norman um, with his Ghost Fighter Method, another one of Dan Santos' top instructors, people like Eddie Quinn, who does the approach system. They were all going to these conferences, and it seemed like a, um, it seemed like the old JKD way of doing it, where you all kind of mix together and get a different kind of flavor, but everyone teaches, has respect for each other. And then they also said that they would give you kind of some of the business um, to develop a full-time school. Okay. So at that point, I had no knowledge, really. All I had was social media, just working for this company. So I had that on my side, but I had no idea how to structure a class really of my own. When I was teaching Aikido, it was always, okay, well, you can run a class tonight or go and run a class for me. It was never running my own school. It was always someone else's school. Mm-hmm. So kind of branding and building and doing this thing was like, oh, it's a bit daunting. And being part of a franchise and defense lab, that took some of it away for me. Whereas like the logo's done, the branding's done, the leaflets, the distribution, the marketing is kind of done for you. And the syllabus is done. So all you've got to do is just go out there and teach. Um, so I was like, oh, that's quite an attractive prospect for someone that just kind of wants to find their feet, I suppose, in terms of learning martial arts and also learning the business side of it. If I was a black belt in martial arts, I was a white belt in martial arts business, perhaps. So right. I wanted to kind of develop my skills that way and then get up to a black belt in both. And Defense Lab seemed like a way of doing that. So I signed up to the franchise at that point and then was working full time still, but then doing my classes at night for on Tuesdays, Thursdays, I think, and maybe a Friday as well. I think it was Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Friday, I was doing classes straight after work and I did that for maybe two years until I eventually took the leap and went full-time which was a bit of a risk because Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the income (laughs) I didn't have the students but I just thought I need to do this I need to jump because I haven't got the time to um to market it the way that I want to market it I haven't got the time to to push this club as much as I want and the end goal is to have my martial arts academy and I'm not going to get there if I keep working nine to five and then teaching classes at six because I'm not giving the best classes because I'm tired and I'm not really able to develop my own skills as well because I'm just working quickly teaching coming back eating food sleeping repeat so I needed to make a change I think so it was time to go right let's take the risk and go full-time nice and then uh what what do you think was the biggest challenge and was it just getting the name out there and getting more students in yeah definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's still a challenge now like you know however however long at what six seven years now I've been doing it full-time okay and it's still the biggest challenge marketing and consistently marketing um you know we run really fun classes as I said and that's kind of our USP we're very very family orientated and we're very community based and we're very into the mental health as well as the physical health um and we are like one big part of the community I think and that's what I like to kind of cultivate and build and empower but yeah it's still the hardest thing is getting people through the door mm-hmm. once they're in the door usually they stay and really enjoy what we're doing but it's just that constant marketing and it's not something i particularly enjoy i'm not a natural salesman or anything like that i'm a bit like like humble is that the right word like yep. i don't really like yep. to toot my own horn or anything um or, or put myself out there particularly i just like to teach my classes and and kind of get on with it but i realize more and more that you need to put yourself out there more and more because otherwise people won't hear about you and you know you could be the best martial arts instructor in the world but unfortunately if you haven't got any students it doesn't matter right <laughs> it's like, you need that balance well, my, my 38 years in martial arts, I can say the best instructors I've ever met are the humble ones. So yes. that's, that's yeah, good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you need to stay humble, don't you? Because it only takes one person to destroy that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, never never rise too much, too much above your station, I don't think. True. So now did uh, the COVID pandemic, did that affect your school quite a bit? Did you have to close <laughs> yeah. down? 
Yeah, that was a tricky period. So uh, just before March 2020, when in the UK everything kind of locked down and, and things like that, it was it was a bit a bit of a tricky transitional period because I decided to leave the franchise and go out on my own um, and rebrand as Empower Martial Arts Academy. So we've got all the the branding done. I'd done the logo. I developed a new syllabus. I got the t-shirts printed. And I think we had about two weeks and then we had to close down. And I was like, oh man, like, this Dang. isn't the best way to start, is it? Like, and then we had to go on to online for the best part of a year and a half or so. So it was a tricky a tricky period to say the least. Yeah, that it's it's been such a mixture of people I've talked to and, and some some were able to maintain and do it fairly well. And I've yeah. unfortunately had a few guests that their schools had to close down. And Yeah, yeah. How did yeah, your how did your students take to the online stuff? We we were we were fairly ahead of the curve. We were going with what the schools were saying. So we thought if the schools close down, then we're going to have to close down. So we we kind of yeah we were a little bit ahead of the curve on that and really planned in advance. Um, what we didn't plan for was the how long it was going to last for. We thought oh maybe a month or two and we'll be back mm-hmm. open. But we didn't realize that before five six months and even then it'd be outside classes. And I don't know about you, but the UK weather isn't always that. <laughs> reliable yeah. even in the summertime so sometimes it was cold wet raining but the only option was to go and train outside but yeah we were, we were ahead of the curve i think in terms of of getting on top of it and the day that the schools closed the day after we'd moved everything online so we'd filmed a load of content and put it on onto our youtube channel um for kids and adult classes and then we'd also got onto zoom and then just kept our timetable as it was at that point so kids classes were still as they were the same days the same times adult classes were the same same days and same times and then we were also adding more value as much as we could because we just wanted to keep alive and keep open right. um, and we wanted students to come back when we could open again so we were doing like morning workouts when during like the height of the pandemic when people weren't really going to work and people were staying inside we were doing morning family workouts we were doing activities nice. activity sheets for the kids we were doing free workouts just for the community that we were putting out online. So come and have a Friday workout, you know, get your endorphins going if everyone's feeling a little bit, well, shit about the yeah. situation and things. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, come and have a bit of a workout and at least move your bodies a little bit because it's too easy just to get into a routine of sitting in your pants, watching Netflix, drinking beer or wine all day, isn't it? And, and <laughs> yep. not moving around enough. So I think it was even, yeah, I think that was the most important time to get people moving when there was not a whole lot of reason to move at that point was there nice so, so then with your background and all the styles you've studied if someone asks you what style do you teach at your school what's your answer for that yeah so i say we i say we teach a mixed martial arts syllabus um we we break it down basically in terms of our days so our monday classes are jeet Kune Do and carly and some of the filipino stuff the tuesday classes is like our syllabus class thursdays we have kickboxing with one of our coaches who's an ex-professional kickboxing champion nice. um, and one of my good friends so and then friday sparring saturday's carly and then family classes so we kind of break it down that way but we just say that we're a mixed uh, a mixed martial arts syllabus okay. but then we're also very honest in what we do like we have good there's a lot of martial arts clubs in lincoln mm-hmm. uh, where i'm based and we have good relationships with them all like i go and train in brazilian jiu-jitsu every wednesday which is kind of further improve my skills and have a bit mm-hmm. of time to myself to to not be a teacher anymore, to just be a learner again. Right. Um, and we've got a really good relationship with them. And if someone's looking for striking or not just grappling, they'll send them over to us. If someone rings us and go, oh, look, I'm really looking, I'm really interested in jiu-jitsu and grappling and competing, then we'll send them over to, to them. So nice. it's, it's a nice little scratch my back, scratch your back situation. Um, so yeah, we're, we're a mixed syllabus, I would say, or a mixed okay. art. Cool, that's good. So talk about how, how the blog started and what kind of led to that. Yeah, so the blog started just because I was training in so many different things. Um, I was training in the KC, I was training in the KFM. Sorry, I was training the KC, I was training in Krav Maga, I was training in fitness classes, I was doing my Aikido still, I was teaching Aikido, I was reading a lot of martial arts books, I was um, 
going to a lot of seminars, um, a lot of open events and, and kind of, yeah, like weekend events and things like that, meeting a lot of different people. And I thought, oh, I need to kind of write this all down because there's a lot of thoughts going on in my head and things that I need to try and piece together. Um, so I just started writing and then generally it was received quite well. Just started putting it out to different groups in the in the Facebook world. People seemed to enjoy it and then it started just growing more and more. Managed to get some people on board for interviews, which grew it further. And yeah, it just kind of organically grew at that point. I didn't really push it or anything. Okay. Just kept writing articles and kind of putting it out there and people seemed to read it and like it, enjoy it. And then, yeah, join the group and get involved in the community. And how long ago did that start? Uh, that was in 20, uh, 2010, maybe. Okay. About yeah, how, often, how often do you usually put a new one out, a new blog? So recently, for the, since the pandemic and since we've been open again, um, I haven't really done much with it, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. <laughs> I, I hit the YouTube channel really hard over, um, over lockdown because it was mm-hmm. a really good excuse to talk to people right. and still get my dose of nerdiness talking to martial artists, even though we couldn't train physically. So I really hit the Martial View YouTube page really, really hard then. Did lots of interviews with lots of, of good guys like uh, who we've got. Got Joe Egan, who was Mike Tyson's sparring partner, mm-hmm. um, who Mike Tyson called like the toughest white guy in the world. <laughs> We've got people like Nicholas Sagniak, who's Savat Golden Gloves champion. I've talked with people like Harry Flexman, who's the fight dad, who's who's doing good things in the Carly world. Phil Norman, Bob Breen, Lee Charles, who's done Gangs of London on oh. on TV, okay. and is making Richard Norton, who's done some really good stuff. So some good names, yeah. And it was just, like I said, my way to get a bit of a, a martial arts fix and satisfy my nerdiness. Okay, nice. And so now I'm just looking at uh, like the, the podcast. Yeah. I'm assuming that's the, that's the YouTube channel you're talking about or is the podcast separate? Yeah, there's a podcast on Spotify, but then there's the YouTube channel which shows the videos. Okay. And then the Spotify is just the audio. And then the blog, The Martial View, is just more of the writing as well. Has, have you done the podcast lately? I mean, it's No, I think oh, the okay. last one was a while ago, yeah. Okay. Nine months maybe. That's yeah, something you're think, hoping to hoping to pick up again, or I don't know. It's not really my priority at the moment, to be honest okay. with you. Like okay. my priority now is my my academy. We we got a full time academy six months ago. Nice. Um, and signed the lease on it and things. So my my priorities now is building that up and building our community back up after post pandemic and things like that. And that's that's the most important part for me. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's my focus nice. at the moment. And then what uh, what led to you deciding to write your first of two books? Yeah, so that kind of came from the blog again, and that kind that came from meeting people in the martial arts world, and myself and a friend called Lucci, we decided, oh, why don't we go around and interview some people, um, and then we'll compile it and stick it all into a book. Um, so we did, and then I think it was 2015, Martial Masters Volume 1 was released, or 2016 maybe, Okay. and that has some good names in it, like Andy Norman, Phil Norman, Bob Breen, Eddie Quinn, um, people with good stories, good people in the martial arts with good stories, and that made for interesting reads. So yeah, we thought that was that was a good thing to do basically as as a little thing of, of legacy and like a couple of the people in the book are no longer with us. Um so it's a nice way to kind of pay homage to their life, I suppose. Right. And that'll be there forever. Yeah, that'll be there forever and always available. And then during the lockdown, again, to satisfy my geekiness and <laughs> to stop myself driving drive myself crazy, I decided to write volume two. So we went we went international on that one and got some good names like Rick Fay from the Minnesota Carly Group. We've got Eric Paulson and we got a couple of other people as well like uh, Rico Franco who's a bare knuckle boxing champion here in the UK. So again, some some interesting people. Uh, Victor Estima, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So again, we tried to get focus more maybe on the sports side of it rather than the self-defense or the, the traditional side. And you, who, who was the first one you met from the Minnesota Cali Group? Yeah, Rick Fay. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I live in Minnesota, so I'll have ah, to. Ah, well, there you go. You should go I might, to might have to reach out to him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely go and check him out. So he's got an amazing pedigree under Dan and Santo. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, now runs the Minnesota Carly Group, which is worldwide. Um, and is one of one of Guru and Santo's kind of top guys. Um, nice. Teaching JKD, Panasuk, and, and Carly and things. So, yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah, I'll have to add him to my list for a possible guest. So, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, he's a good guy to talk to. He's very interesting. Yeah. Nice. So, what is some advice you would give someone? Uh, you've trained in so many different styles. You you mm-hmm. run a couple different schools. So, what is some advice you'd give someone looking to join martial arts for the first time? They they've never done it before, and they just want to know what should I look for? What should I avoid? Yep, definitely. So, I'd say try different clubs. Don't get into the into the thing of just falling into the first club that you try. Go and test different clubs and see which one feels best for you. Maybe have an idea of what you kind of want to focus on. So do you want to focus on the striking? Do you want to focus on grappling? Do you want to focus on wrestling? Uh, what range of fighting do you really want to work at? And then, yeah, just talk to other people as well. Look at reviews. Speak to people that maybe, you know, that also train. Referrals are always a good way of doing it. We get lots of referrals from our academy. I think it's our number two way of doing it because people nice. enjoy the training. They then tell their friends and then the friends come along, which, again, helps to build the community. So I'd say, yeah, those are the main things. Like Have an idea roughly of what you want in your head of what, what area you want to focus on because I think it's always good to, to focus specifically to start off with before you start expanding. Otherwise, I think it could be a little bit overwhelming. If you're learning striking, you're learning wrestling, you're learning grappling all at the same time. It's a bit like, whoa, this is a lot. I think maybe focus on one, get good at kickboxing, then add a different element into your game, and then or get good at groundwork or wrestling, and then add some striking in or, or vice versa. Nice. And yeah, just, just try different places and see which one fits. Check the atmosphere. You know, do you walk in? Is it a big fighter's gym where it's a bit spit and sawdust and there's teeth everywhere and <laughs> people with black eyes and broken noses? And like, is, if that's what you want to do, then, you know, awesome. If you want to become a professional fighter, then maybe that's the, the route for you. But I don't think the majority of people want that. I think the right. majority of people want to get a little bit fitter. They want to find their community and they want to do something to learn a new skill. And, you know, if they, if they ever need to, hopefully they never will have to, but learn to defend themselves a little bit as well. Nice. I like how you mentioned referrals because I know it's mm-hmm. it's definitely gotten better over the years. But I know when I first got involved, it was it was so the competition was so strict. You'd never have a school sure. referring you to another one. <laughs> I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's just I mean, I remember the one time one of the first times I did that, I referred someone to an MMA school, and yeah, I, was, yeah. I I bumped into the instructor. He's like, "Did you send someone to our school?" I'm like, "Yeah." What? And he was like surprised by it. <laughs> Craziness. Like, of course I did. It's like that's what they yeah, wanted yeah. to do. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's so important to stay honest and true about that because you know you could bullshit and say yeah yeah well we do everything here but equally you're just doing a disservice to your students and i think you need to focus on what you're focusing on and you know martial arts teaches respect discipline honesty blah 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 blah. but you know unfortunately not all instructors actually abide by what they teach and i think it's really important to to kind of mirror what you're teaching your juniors or even teaching your adults sometimes to to mirror that and to be honest and kind of go look this isn't really what we teach but i can refer you to someone really really good and i think that's the best way because you know they're going to get more from it and you can you can kind of go and then you're going to get a better clientele as well that really want to be there rather mm-hmm. than going oh actually i wanted loads of groundwork and you're going all right we're gonna do a kickboxing class yeah i know one thing we did years ago and i and i'm i, I want to start doing it again is two or three years in a row we did like an open martial arts weekend where we luckily yeah, the yeah. the gym i train at is, is we have like four thousand square feet so we have a lot of open space nice. and yeah. we invited over a weekend we invited in i think it was like 15 different styles perfect and basically people paid i think it was like 10 or 15 bucks and it yeah. all went to it all went to charity I was, we don't meet we don't and we had in that one weekend we had traditional taekwondo we had aikido we had aikido we had um, japanese aido we had judo nice. we had jiu-jitsu mma boxing shaolin kempo i mean and people could come in for like you know one to two hours and actually sample it get in and do it and and it was so cool 
<laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's the best way. We did something really similar in twenty twenty. Um, oh, nice. Again, online, but we did it for for charity, like okay. you did. So we did a twenty four hour challenge um, where me and my students. Again, this was a way of just keeping them motivated to train online. Mm-hmm. But we thought, right, let's let's put this towards a charity, and we'll do twenty four hour classes in in twenty four hours, or twenty four classes, sorry, in twenty four mm-hmm. hours, and we'll get different instructors to come and teach like a Zoom class or something. That's cool. So similar to what you said, we had kickboxing, we had boxing, we had traditional arts like Tai Chi. We had in. Mm-hmm. Um, we had yeah all sorts um, just over that 24 hour period where yoga um, just nice. a little bit of everything and we managed to raise like £2,000 I think for, for charity Very but we're doing cool. it again next month so we're doing oh. it again on the 20th but we're doing it in person this time now that we can okay. so we're going to do it at the academy so we've got we've got Brazilian Jiu Jitsu we've got MMA we've got traditional Jiu Jitsu we've got Kali we've got Balintawak we've got yeah all sorts kickboxing Muay Thai Bartitsu uh, self-defense like yeah again similar to what you said like a bit of a come and try it give it mm-hmm. a go raise some money for charity and people and my students get a bit of a flavor of everything else as well that's really cool yeah i'm, yeah. I'm hoping to, to do that again soon it, it was over 10 years last time we did it so ah, i de- definitely, definitely want to do it again yeah get on it <laughs> yeah oh yeah i will i will so i know you talked about you you've done some mma so i'm curious then what, what are your thoughts overall on mma in the ufc and is that something you're a fan of um, yeah, I don't really follow the UFC that much. I follow okay. specific fighters. There's one up and coming called Jack Shaw at the moment, who's based in Wales, um, and he's really good. I actually interviewed his dad for uh, Martial Masters Volume 2. Okay. And I think he fought last night, but he's got a 16-win record, I think it is. Uh, I think one draw, and I think yesterday was his first loss, unfortunately. I think he got caught in a submission. Um, but he's definitely one up and coming, but he's fighting, the, he's fighting the UFC at the moment. So yeah, I think MMA is awesome. I think, it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it, you know, it branches all the disciplines, and it shows, it shows what works. You know? <laughs> if you can strike, if you can wrestle, if you can grapple on the floor, then you're doing pretty well. And that's what you need to have a, a good system of martial arts, I think. Nice. So are you uh, more a fan of like the old school UFC from like the 90s before they added all the rules or do you like the newer stuff? <laughs> I like both. I like the okay. old school for like the pure brutalness and like it made really good TV. Yep. It, like you said, it was no rules, was it? And people getting head kicked left, right and center, and teeth flying out in the octagon and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was good TV and it was insane. But I admire now the discipline and the skill set because I think, I think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu especially has just evolved so much over the past kind of 20, 30 years. Right. Almost become a separate thing to what it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago when it first came out. And I like the fact now that that mixed martial artists are mixed martial artists. They're not specific style versus style. I think that was interesting, but I think it showed that if you get put on your back, the grappler's always going to win. Just, you know, 99.9% of the time. If you keep standing, the striker's going to win. So I think that question's kind of answered. But now it's like, okay, it's it's good. Like, who, who wants it more? Who's got the better training? Who's had the better fight camp? Who was just luckier on the night sometimes? So I think the fighters that fight MMA now are are really good, well-rounded athletes. Um, and I like that rather than just being brawlers, perhaps they just want to have a scrap. So now you've studied in a lot of styles. Is there any styles that you haven't been able to try yet that you'd want to? Yeah, so I'd want to try something like um, Tai Chi. I quite oh. like to do that. Okay. Um, just for something softer, like a little bit more relaxed. Like I said, I'm getting to my Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now. I'm really enjoying it. It's really difficult and it's a bit of eating humble pie again. When you think, you know, you're a good martial artist, they get put on your back and you're a bit out of your comfort zone and it's difficult and it's tricky and, you know, it's not always good when you're getting smashed about on the floor mm-hmm. and you can't breathe. But <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's a learning curve. It's good. 
so yeah, are those I really want to continue on with the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and yeah, I'd like to learn something like Tai Chi. I think um, cool. so. Those are the two ones that re- that really stand out to me. Nice. So, who are some names, and they can be people you've actually met, trained with, talked to, or people you've never met before? But who are some names that you'd put on the the top of your list for just martial artists that they inspire you? You look up to them. You just think they've they've helped the martial arts worldwide. Just something like that. You know, cause someone like a lot of people obviously would pick like a Bruce Lee. But who were some names you'd you'd put on the top of your list? Yeah, sure. So I think number one's got to be Bruce Lee for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, I'm sure that's pretty common. But I've got him. Yep. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him tattooed on my arm. Oh, it's, nice. Yeah, I'm that much of a nerd that the tattoo is there. I've got a martial that's arts cool. sleeve. Um, so that's he's cool. got to be number one just for what he did in terms of bringing martial arts to the masses and in terms of its cultural and bringing like east and west and things like that I really I think that was that's a huge thing and then leading on from that I think um, Guru Danilo Santo um, again unfortunately I've never met him but I'd love to I'd love to go out to LA at some point and, and go and meet him and again just for what he's done in continuing on Bruce Lee's kind of vision for JKD and then adding some of the elements of Carly and things like that mm-hmm. Sensei Joe Tambu has got to be in there for me because he was my main influence in, in Aikido and in Yoshin Kanagido nice. Rick Fay people like that um yeah there's there's loads I, I try and take what i can from every martial artist that i either train with talk to or, or see and you know i think i think they've all got something to offer but yeah it's, it's hard to pin them all down isn't it but yeah uh, even like eric <laughs> paulson i think is amazing some of the bjj guys are, are phenomenal um some of the filipino martial artists um yeah just yeah i think it's cool stuff <laughs> good good so is there a philosophy you've learned in all your years of martial arts that just rises to the top? It's super important to you. You keep coming back to it. Oh, that's a deep question. I think it's what I said earlier. Be honest. Be honest with people and just okay. be nice. And don't think you're like the dog's bollocks because you've done martial arts for a few years and <laughs> you've got your black belt and things. It doesn't actually mean anything. Keep learning. Be honest with people. And yeah, don't become so enamored by yourself that you forgot that you're a student so the martial arts there's there's always going to be someone out there better than you or someone that you can learn from nice i like that good all right i got some fun one fun ones to wrap it up (laughs) do you have a favorite martial arts book oh so the tower of jeet kundu i've got to (laughs) say or the hicks and gracie breathe that was a really good book i think i I read yeah i think i read that in like one sitting i just smashed through that one really and that was really interesting to me yeah yeah i really like that yeah, that, that that one's on my list. I haven't read that one yet. I, yeah, I, top I, recommendation, I, that one. Yeah, it's okay. really good. I will check that one. Oh, and Marshall sure. Masters, Volume 1 and Volume 2 as well. Of <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> Obviously. They come top. They come well, top, yeah. Well, nor- normally I would say you, you, you can't pick your own, so that, <laughs> but that's okay. Those are implied, I think, so <laughs> that's good. That's good. Nice. All right, how about a favorite martial arts video game? Were you ever a gamer? Mortal Kombat. Nice. The original? Or Tekken. Yeah, okay. or Tekken. Actually, I was more of a Tekken guy than a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Me too. I like martial law, like Eddie Guerrero for the Capoeira. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, many an hour waste on playing Tekken. Yeah, I, I worked I worked in a in a in a Walmart when I was in college. And yeah. I remember when like Tekken first came out and we set it up as a demo. Like if, yeah. if if no customers were playing it, we'd be over there playing it while Straight we're working. Straight on there, yeah. <laughs> Spending an hour supposed to be stocking shells, we're playing Tekken. So. Like, nah, sorry, I just completed it, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. How about a favorite martial arts TV show? Oh, Kingdom is really good. I really enjoyed Kingdom. Yes, great job. Um, that was really good. Uh, Cobra Kai, I'm kind of into, even though it's well cheesy. Co- I love Cobra <laughs> but Kai. But I'm quite enjoying it. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying it, so I'm looking forward to the next season. Um, so yeah, those are the two ones, top TV series, I think, for me. Yeah, so was this, is it September 9th or 10th next season? I think out? so, yeah, it's not long. 
I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, I'm one that, you know, the whole reason I got into martial arts was the movie The Karate Kid. So Really? Okay, yeah. So when that came out, I'm like, oh, I, I gave it one episode. I'm like, if it's cheesy, I'm not going to, you know, if it's if it's horrible, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to. And I was hooked after the first. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> it is cheesy, though, isn't it? But it's unapologetically cheesy. It's cheesy, it's but like, it's it's nostalgic cheesy. It is, I mean, exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's nostalgically cheesy. And it's like, yeah, yeah it knows exactly what it's doing. Exactly. It's, like, yeah, it's just fun and easy watching, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm hoping we get two or three more seasons out of it because yeah, lots of story yeah. to tell 100 <laughs> percent. yeah nice yeah. how about a favorite martial arts movie um you see i want to say enter the dragon mm-hmm. but i bet everyone says that but yeah enter the dragon's up there the raid's really good oh, big fan of the raid yep, yep. yeah a lot of the filipino stuff in there and then yeah i like some of the old jackie chan movies as well like police story oh, um, nice. police nice. story one and two yep. i think they're really good just for the stunts and even some of his later ones like shanghai noon mm-hmm. um and rush hour things like that like just yeah just a lot of good the, ones yeah the comedic effect are yeah, a big fan of jackie chan nice all right this final question doesn't have to be a martial arts movie it can be it doesn't have to be just a okay. favorite favorite movie fight scene Ooh, interesting <sighs> favorite movie fight scene i think i've got to say the raid again so yeah. some of the some of the fights in the raid are amazing you're my second like guest that said that one this week so <laughs> Oh, was it? Okay, okay. Yep, I feel good so that's about a good that. answer. Yep. Yeah, I feel good about that then. Yeah, that's nope. okay. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's it's a great... I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a while. I need to go and watch it again. But Yeah, there's but, a Raid 2 as well, isn't there? I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen the sequel either, no. No, I need to get oh. on that. That might be tonight's view when I've finished. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have time. I have two more interviews today yet, so... <laughs> oh, okay. You're a busy man, yeah. <laughs> I'm staying stay very, very... Two more interviews and I still got to edit like nine episodes, so... Ouch. Yeah. I know, but it's okay. I love Never doing it. Never but... yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anything else you want to mention, get out there be, before I let you go. I mean, we've covered a lot of stuff and I'll, I'll put links for your blog and, and the podcast, you, your YouTube yeah. channel, your school, everything on the show. So anything else you can think of? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like check out the blog if you'd like to, like I said, it's not really doing that much at the moment, but you know, who knows in the future, maybe the podcast will come back because I did enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just finding the time. And I had in my, in my head, like in a, in a perfect world, when I got my um, when I got my full time academy, I had in my head that I'd have a little podcast area okay. where it would have it would be like branded and people could come in, they teach a seminar for my students or teach an open seminar, and then we'd do a um, a podcast after. So maybe one day that will become a reality as well. So that's yeah. a cool idea. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, so so maybe one day that will happen. So you'll have to head over to the Martial View on YouTube and click subscribe and see if it happens. Um, and then yeah, if you're interested in martial arts, I would recommend, of course, I would checking out Martial Masters One and Two because it's got some, some genuinely good names in there and, and people that have given up their time to kind of speak to me, which I'm very, very pleased about and very humbled by. And some, some top names and some top interesting stories of fighting in Japan and street fights and all sorts, competitions and, yeah, just the life of a martial artist. I think everyone's got a few stories if you if you train for a few times. So is uh, Amazon the best way to order those? Or can you get yeah, it right available off your Amazon, website? Yeah, Amazon okay. Worldwide is on there, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll put a link for those. If you're in the UK as well, you can get them through me. But yeah, if you Amazon's probably the easiest way for quickness. It's nice. Well, like I said, I'll put links for everything out there. But I, I I appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun, and and I'm definitely gonna order the books. I haven't read the books yet, but I definitely want to check them out because if anything, it's more guest ideas for me. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you can just work your way through. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But but I just want to thank you for your time. I I truly truly appreciate it, and I will be in touch when the episode's ready to go. You are more than welcome. Thank you for having me on. All right, man enjoy the rest of your day thank you very much brian cheers thanks for listening to everyday martial artists we hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story if you enjoy the show be sure to leave us a review also be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com 
There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.